Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Welcome back to another episode of the show. If you're listening on audio, nothing has changed. But if you are watching this, that is new. And we are on video. So I am taking my content into video now as well. I'll be posting on Facebook, on YouTube, chopping up some content, putting on Instagram and TikTok. And the goal is to just have more access to Lion Cook Thoughts and to a broader audience. Um, I've been meaning to do video for quite some time. I did some in the past. And I'll be honest, video wasn't really my thing, but I've done some work into kind of just getting a sense of what it is I want to do and what it is that I want to portray on video and basically how to put it out successfully. And so that's what I've been working on. And so I'm very excited to have this podcast be the first return video podcast for the Line Cook Thoughts show. Also, just so you all know, um, all my interviews moving forward will be video unless the guest asks otherwise. Besides the next one I put out with Chef Taffy Alrod, That was not in time for me to do the switch, so that is audio only. Moving forward, as much as I can, I would like to have my guests be video as well. That being said, thank you all for listening to the show, and here we go. Before we get into it, though, just a friendly reminder that I put out the Line Cook Thoughts Prep List Items newsletter, and it goes out every Monday. How do you sign up? You go to linecookthoughts.com, you put in your email, and from there you can set up your subscription and it will come to you every Monday. It is a free newsletter. It's a two to three minute read on some important and maybe not so important, but fun information that I find throughout the week. So basically over the last four years of doing this, I found so many different things that I think are just relevant to cooks in the industry. And so that is basically what I am doing every Monday. I put this information together, send it out into an email newsletter and it goes into your email every Monday. So go to linecookthoughts.com, hit subscribe and you will get that newsletter. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave a review. If you are watching on YouTube, which is a weird thing to say for me now, but if you're watching on YouTube, click the like like button and subscribe. And if you're on Facebook, also hitting the like button and sharing with someone in the industry. All right. So my episode today is a solo episode on advice given to cooks and why I think giving uh, people in the industry, cooks in the industry, advice to chase an award-based career path sets them up for failure and sets them up for not being in the best position uh, later on in their career. Uh, And I'm going to go into why I think that's the case. If you've listened to me for any amount of time, you'll know that upon leaving culinary school, all I wanted to do was become a Michelin starred chef. But besides the flaws of labor issues, um, exploitation of labor, and the constant work-life imbalance, uh, there's also just a relatively short amount of positions open. Uh, for becoming a Michelin star chef. I'm not sure if you've heard, but they're hard to come by and they're relegated to a few uh, areas in our country. So that is my goal for today, not just to focus on Michelin, but to focus on the career path awarding, um, the path to be awarded as a chef and why I think it is such a poor, poor choice of a career path. I think if you're passionate about it, it is a great thing to chase. But if awards and accolades are your only way of finding success in your career, is that really something that we can push on to cook? So that will be this episode today. And here we go. Taste the Mediterranean through March 19th at Whole Foods Market. Save on animal welfare certified bone and beef short ribs sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon, and more. Find sales on Parmigiano-Reggiano, charcuterie and ground lamb. Grab an olive boule bread from the bakery. Plus, wines from the Mediterranean start at just $8.99. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Must be 21+. plus. Please drink responsibly. 
So I was on a podcast recently and I was just talking about the idea or just advice giving to cooks, giving advice to people in the restaurant industry and kind of how we should look at giving advice and what our, um, I guess what, what we tell cooks is a good thing to chase is like, what, what are we defining as a successful career? And if you follow this page or listen to this podcast for any amount of time, you'll know that I do take issue in an awards based career path. I think that too many people go into the cooking industry or the food industry being told that the best thing for them is to open up a restaurant in the uh, hope of getting awards and accolades. And I will start off by saying that when I went into culinary school, you know, coming from Buffalo, New York, there is no Michelin guide. Olive Garden's like the pinnacle. Growing up in Buffalo, Olive Garden's the pinnacle of fine dining. There's actually an amazing food scene in Buffalo, New York. I love the chefs there. But as a someone who is, I, I'm trying to say someone who is like, not in tune with what good food is like growing up as a kid in Buffalo, New York, like the fast food, you know, fast, casual corporate chain restaurants were what I went to. So all that backdrop to say is when I got to culinary school, everything changed. I learned about the Michelin guide, Pellegrino world's 50 best, all these different things. And for me, it was like a dream come true. Like I loved food. I loved cooking. And the fact that there was this elite, very like, just you had to work hard and you had to be really good at what you did and you got awarded. It felt akin to like a football player winning the Super Bowl or a hockey player winning the Stanley Cup. Like it felt like there was an elite status you can get in cooking. And I thought that was really cool. And I thought that it was something I really wanted to pursue. I'm a very ambitious person and I just latched on to this idea that I was going to become a Michelin star chef. I would go on and do my own career with opening a restaurant, people would want to come uh, dine at, and eat at my restaurant. And I would serve um, the masses my amazing food that I, you know, I'm this tortured artist that would make this amazing food and it would go out to the public. And of course, I would get my three Michelin stars and the rest is history. <laughs> and I think it's a cool career path. I think it's a cool story. And I think it's an interesting thing to chase. I think it gives meaning to a lot of careers in food, and I don't knock it. If you're passionate about fine dining, if you're passionate about opening your own restaurant, and you're passionate about creating food at the highest level in regards to ingredient sourcing, in, the gar- in regards to plating and method and technique and skill, I think that that is a very admirable goal and a very admirable way to spend your career and spend your time cooking food. I really, really do admire the food put out in Michelin-starred restaurants, in World's 50 Best Restaurants, and fine dining establishments that maybe don't get recognized because of the area they're in. Food at an elevated level is amazing. It's beautiful. It is, like, there's, like, for me, there's no medium I want a higher excellence in than food. Like, some people spend their money on fashion. Some people spend their money on going to, like, super cool, like, uh, you know, concerts and stuff, which I love live music, but... For me, like one of the the best ways for me to spend money is my, my favorite way to spend money is on food, and so to go into an arena where food is like so elevated and there's been so much thought and there's been so much care and there's been so much put into what that food is, that's beautiful. That is an amazing, amazing way to spend your time, and I also just want to say that, that like it's not easy. Like the sacrifice, the commitment the camaraderie, the focus, the relentless years, decades long pursuit 
to become so good at your craft that the world collectively agrees that you are one of the best at what you do is amazing. It is an, it's an accomplishment that I, I'm not going down that path. I will never know what it's like to get a Michelin star. And it's very cool and it's very awesome and it's very rewarding, I'm sure, for the people that do get to do that. Where my issue comes in, though, is when I left culinary school with a four-year degree, I was looking at going to stage and cook in Michelin star restaurants. And there's nothing wrong with that. When I started this podcast, it was post-college and it was called Line Cook Thoughts for a reason. I was a line cook. And obviously, it's morphed and my career has morphed and I'm in food development now, which I've shared before. I know I might be hitting some new audiences, so I work in food development and um, I love it a ton. It gives me a lifestyle where I'm able to do this as well. Uh, but obviously, still doing line cook thoughts because I love this industry and I love the people within it. But all that to say, though, is that when I left the industry, or when I left, when I left the culinary school and was looking for like my next steps, I felt like the world was telling me, at least in the food space and the restaurant space, that the best thing to do was to keep working in restaurants, obviously, and also though to work in fine dining and work my way up to some to at some point become a chef that was awarded in some way. And I think that a lot of the pursuit for many people in food is awards is be, is becoming you know is being told you did a good job and that is the service industry that is a hospitality industry you do not do well if people do not like your food so of course it's intrinsic, intrinsically ingrained into us that we need to be told that our food is good we need to be told that our service is good that we need to be told that the experience we're giving customers day in and day out is consistently exceptional i under we need that like that's the baseline for just being a good restaurant for being a consistent restaurant or whatever you're serving within the food industry where my issues came though is i, I really started to recognize that a lot of cooks my age and a lot of people in the industry um, that have been there a while it, before covid were all pushing for to own restaurants to work at restaurants that were accoladed to to work at in these places that had awards that had their prestige that were being written about in the New York Times that were being put on lists. Like everything was being focused towards that. And it took COVID for me to, to leave the restaurant industry because I, I lost my job during COVID and I wanted a better work-life balance. And when I found work during the pandemic, it wasn't in restaurants because no one was hiring. And that's what led me into food manufacturing. But when I started to realize that there could be better work-life balance, when I started to realize that my skills from working in restaurants, from managing in restaurants could be transferred into different areas of the food industry, and when I realized that going into different parts of the industry, I actually really enjoyed them and I was good at and I was talented at, and I actually felt that I did better at these sectors in food development than I did in restaurants, like that was an unlock for me to, re to really understand that like, I think a lot of the majority of what we tell cooks and what we tell people in the food industry isn't helpful for them in their career push. The idea that you got to stay in restaurants, the idea that, you know, we have a culture where it's all based on awards and who's being told like they're the best and who's being told they have the hottest food and all these different things. That is so detrimental, I believe, to the, to the cooks. And I really want to change that for this next generation and for generations to come in the food industry. And I know that might sound like a cheesy kind of goal. But I think that you, we need more people talking about the idea that restaurants are a way for people to get into the food world. They're an accessible way for people to find a job in the food industry. 
And if you love restaurants, stay in restaurants and do that. But I think a lot of people stay in restaurants and are told to stay in restaurants and are told not to explore and experiment. And I think that really costs you in the end. And I think a big reason that is the case is because you get into restaurants and obviously you put your time in so you don't want to lose. You have that like sunk cost fallacy where it's like if I, you know, I did all this work in restaurants, if I leave, like am I like leaving all this behind? But you put all this time in and you're told that, you know, you got to own a restaurant and that you got to be, it's got to be received well. And there's just like this cultural pressure. And I think it's lessening now, but there was, especially before COVID, of becoming an awarded chef. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today, because as we branch out in a post-COVID era, I've seen a couple things, right? We get the news that Noma's closing. I actually did an episode on this with Justin Kana a few weeks ago. Go check it out. It, it performed really well. I think a lot of people resonated with our conversation, but just like the effects of that. But we look at Noma closing. And why are they closing? Rene Rodzepi comes out and says, this style of dining is not sustainable. Why isn't it sustainable? You can't afford to pay staff a, a good wage in order to create this type of food. And so... I, start, I really started to think about this when I talked about advice and when I talked about um, on this last podcast on advice and kind of what we hold up in the industry and what we decline in the industry, or what we see as a negative. And it was really interesting for me because I had this weird dynamic between Food Network chefs versus Michelin star chefs. And hear me out. Don't, 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 don't get lost here. So Food Network versus Michelin star chefs. Now, you can argue that, obviously, Michelin star chefs, the technique, the involvement in the industry, the ability to put out amazing food, great. Food Network chefs are seen as like celebrities. A lot of people in the industry scoff at them. A lot of people in the industry tear it down. And so we see Michelin star chefs as like this holy um, position to attain. And we see Food Network chefs with everything wrong in the industry, uh, everything wrong with like food media and the general public's viewing of what food should be. And of course, they all both have their problems. But it, all, it kind of always made me like, I never got the hate really for Food Network chefs because as we've seen, a lot of Michelin restaurants require cheap labor and an excruciatingly amount of, of work to get what they need done. Food Network chefs work in food media and it's a career path that's a little bit more corporate and there, I'm sure there's a lot of work and I'm, of course we know there's a lot of issues there. But when you look at both of them, they both have their problems. And I guess what I realized over the last few, like, I guess maybe over the last year is, you know, I think Food Network chefs had a lot more pull back in the day or like making it on TV was more important. And I think for this last generation of cooks, it was more so getting into a Michelin star kitchen. And just the scarcity of jobs and the scarcity of opportunities become, to become a Michelin star chef, I think are so much less than being a food media chef with Instagram, TikTok, you know, doing your own thing now. Hey, becoming a food media chef, there's so much more opportunity than becoming a Michelin star chef. And also a lot of great food media now highlights things that the Michelin guide might not, you know, different cuisines, different cultures, different ideas, people at different, um, you know, social, social, societal levels within like, the economy and what food they prepare and where they eat and where they show, like, you know, how they show what they cook. And so this idea of the food media chef, we'll take Food Network off of it and we'll go into like the food media chef of things being less than a Michelin star chef always baffled me because there's, it's so accessible. There's so much opportunity. 
And there's so many different things you can do in food media in terms of your cooking and showing what you are doing as a chef. And with Michelin starred chefs, there's so little just opportunity. And so that's what I wanted to talk about now. It's like, so there's less than, there's around less than 200 uh, restaurants that are awarded a Michelin star in the United States, right? Think about that. Less than or around 200. And Googling this number is a nightmare. If you really like Google like how many there are currently, this is the list. And it's, it was crazy. I'll be transparent. Maybe I need a better method of research. But around 200 restaurants in the United States of, um, that are awarded a Michelin star. Okay. And there's millions of cooks within the restaurant industry uh, in a yearly basis. And just think about, just think about like the framework for a lot of cooks. And sometimes it's not anyone telling them this, but maybe it's, but it's the expectation of the culture. So many people feel like they need to become a Michelin starred chef. You know, so many people, to me, it's like, saying so many people feel like they need to become a millionaire to be financially successful. What is financial success? Being able to pay your bills, being able to put some money away for savings, stuff like that. It's actually a lot lower in regards to what we need versus like what is touted in the mainstream thought. Like everyone wants to be a millionaire. Financial success for a lot of people is a lot less than that. Still substantial, still hard to get to, but the goal shouldn't be a million dollars. I mean, you can make however much money you want, but often it's the reality that a successful financial status isn't, oh, I need to be a millionaire. (laughs) Same thing with cooking. A successful career might not lead to you being awarded as one of the best chefs in the world. A successful career might not lead to you being put on a list. But so many people I talk to feel this pressure that if they're not working in fine dining, if they're not working in Michelin, if they're not working in, you know, a restaurant that is on its path to being awarded, if their career path isn't on a trajectory to where they one day might be able to fill one of the 200 positions of executive chef of a Michelin star restaurant, if they're not doing that, they're a failure. And that is such BS that is so wrong. And it's a terrible message that we send people in the food industry. Why? Because it keeps people focused on a goal that is that is almost impossible for most to achieve. And I think that setting goals and setting realistic expectations is important and following your passion and your dreams is important. But I also think that so many are just kind of funneled into this path of becoming an awarded chef or an awarded uh, person within the restaurant industry that they miss a lot of the opportunities along the way that they would have been really great at. You know, Mark Cuban has a quote that he says, don't follow your passion, follow your effort. Follow what you're good at, follow what you're attuned to. And you can't do that. You can't know what you're good at if you only stay within one framework of working. So for a lot of people in the restaurant industry, you know, when I left restaurants, a lot of people asked me, like, what did you do differently? What, you know, like, what, like, how did you transition? And honestly, I just had to try things. And I did take take a step down in terms of my career path. So where I was in restaurants versus where I went into food uh, manufacturing, I took a step back to learn that, you know, that the roles that are involved in that. And then I was able to build myself back up. It's the same thing with food media. You know, I, I had no idea how to start a podcast. I had no idea how to, you know, get a blog published. I had no idea how to write for a magazine. And then after a few years, I start, I'm writing now for different clients. I'm writing for, um, you know, food publications. I'm writing my own blog. I'm putting on a newsletter. I'm doing the podcast, all of this in between. I needed that time. And a lot of people don't have that time in the restaurant industry because they're overworked, they're underpaid, and they're trying to make ends meet. And 
I understand that, you know, when I, we talk about this idea of a career path in food, this is only going to relate to some people. Like a lot of people just rely on restaurant work because it's the only work they can get. You know, obviously like there's just the accessibility in the restaurant industry and the food industry isn't where it is elsewhere. But what I'm trying to say though, is for people in the industry that are looking for their career paths to be laid out in front of them, they're not being told to try other things other than cooking. And I don't think they're being given realistic expectations on where their career should go. And I don't think they're being told what a successful career path is. And I know if you're like, don't feel this pressure, you might be thinking I'm crazy. But the amount of people I've met that in the food industry over doing this the last four years that feel that if they take a step away from fine dining and take a job that is quote unquote, not like pure of like the food god's view or is like something like is the manager of a um you know like a not like a like a pita bowl place or if they you know go and work on a food truck and start like a food truck empire if they do anything else that it's seen to them as like lower level or what they're not meant to do the ego the ego of being of thinking that you shouldn't go try other things because it's less than even though it's really just a different realm of food um, is really, it's, it's crazy how many people I've met like that over the last four years. And I've been there. I used to look down at anything besides fine dining. I used to think that any career path besides becoming an executive chef in a Michelin star restaurant was not for me. And that if I didn't hit that goal, that I failed in life. <laughs> crazy, right? But that is what so many people feel. And that's the pressure I see for so many people. Now, how do we change this? I think for me, it's important to keep talking about the fact that you know, there's so much out there in the industry and there's so many opportunities out there for so many different people. When COVID came, a lot of people left the restaurant industry and did different things and are successful. I've had so many people on my podcast that were in restaurants that are doing something else now and they're cr- killing it. They're crushing it. They're happy. They're, you know, they're able to do what they wanted to do. And that is because they were able to, t- they, whether they wanted to or, you know, didn't want to, whether they needed to, they went and did something different. And why I think it's so important that we are telling people, especially young people in the food industry, to not be set on one single path is because of later on in their career, it's going to affect them. You know, if you leave culinary school with that, or if you just start working in the industry and you are pushing to become a Michelin star chef, you're often working um, in a job that, you know, pays minimum wage. And over time, that career growth isn't there. You know, the average sous chef in a restaurant in the United States or the average sous chef role, according to Indeed, makes $57,000 a year. Now, you take into effect, that's probably not sous chef for just like, that's not sous chef for independent restaurants. That's corporate chains. That could be sous chef in a company. So you take all into effect that the restaurant, a restaurant sous chef is probably making even less than that. And that's not, that's even say like, what's your, like, so looking at that, you know, that might not be a good fit for everyone. You know, if you've left, if you're a culinary school grad that left with a ton of debt, that is probably not a good path for you. Or if you are someone who, is, you know, has a family or has someone you have to be their caretaker for, that's and you have to work 60 hours a week and you're not making enough money to make ends meet, that's not a good path for you. And the idea that we, and I felt this, I felt a lot of self-shame leaving restaurants. And I think that is one of the most toxic things that the industry builds into us, that restaurants are like holier than thou. And if you leave them, that you're not shit. 
And I've talked about this a lot as well, and I've tweeted about this, and I've had conversations about this. And this goes into this idea that the restaurant industry, while beautiful, while allowing everyone to come work for it, we can't see the restaurant industry as just like the bin, the bin that collects all the misfits and the outlaws in the world. Like we can't see it like that anymore. We are a competent set group of people working. We are competent people in this industry. The restaurant industry workers are a group of highly skilled, highly uh, you know trainable people that can have an impact in the labor market. And when we see ourselves as misfits, as outcast as an industry that just collects like the drudgery of society it does nothing for us and that makes this industry it makes excuses to treat people poorly in this industry it makes excuses for people to be taken advantage of to be um taken you know advantage of in the workplace and in their schedule and their daily life and it just has to be a better view and i think when we see the industry like that we do a disservice to so many people working in there because the reality is so many of the people in the industry have an amazing skill set, have an amazing work ethic, have so much potential and opportunity. And so when we line all these people up and let's just say it's a million out of the countless millions of people that work in food and tell them your your path, even if it was 500,000, even if it's 200,000 cooks, and we tell them your path is to become one of 200 chefs that is a Michelin star chef. That is insane. Or if we tell them that you need to make it on this list or if you need to be awarded by the James Beard Awards, which obviously awards more, so maybe there's a better chance at that. That's insane. That is crazy. We need to shift away from the mentality that awards equal a successful food career. What was success- and What is a successful food career? Creating businesses and creating opportunities where people are paid fairly, where you can you know, offer a good work-life balance where you treat people well, where people come in and find meaning in their work, where you're able to provide jobs that people can come in and support their families and also have time with them, Uh, where you put out good food, where you put out a good customer experience, where you're consistent, where you're creative, where you have, and creativity isn't just in food, but in process and how you get your product to customers. All of those things are what a successful food job is. And for anyone listening that has been really, really focused in on just the awards and accolades, I'm telling you right now, there's nothing down that road besides disappointment and just like a lack of who you are and why you are in the industry. And of course, for the people that make it, it's great. But the thing that always got me after the awards were given out is you got to do it again next year. You know, how many stories have we heard of chefs, you know, having these mental health issues because they were three stars this year and then they're two stars the next year and they weren't able to keep it up. It's a losing game being, being, and it's hard to say it because in the food world, you need a, you need people to like your food, but at that level to always be awarded, to always be that way, it's a losing game because you might get it one year and then it's taken away from you, from you the next. And what all your work is meaningless, all the work your staff put in, all the work, the people who believed in you all the time spent, you know, just, being like all the time put into you as a worker is just worth nothing because you weren't awarded something like that's crazy. And that is just such a weird framework. It's a broken framework. And I really think that as we move forward in the industry, we need to redefine what success looks like. Good look, work-life balance, good pay, good opportunities, healthy work environments, and in businesses that can operate as businesses and that aren't that don't require cheap labor and the exhaustion of labor to the point where people break down and can't continue anymore in the restaurant industry. 
you know, all the people that have left restaurants, not because of COVID, because they just can't do it anymore. I would love to see that data. I would love to see how many people the restaurant industry has worked out of the industry because of how debilitating this industry can be. So that was my goal today. That was my goal of this whole episode is just a friendly reminder that being told you're good by a group of awards or by a group of people in an awards committee isn't a good career goal. It is something you can strive to. It is something you can have a dream about. But when you make it your main goal, I truly think that it leads to to a lot of a lot more bad than it is good. And like, think about it. You're imagine you're putting out amazing food. Imagine you have a great relationship with your staff. You have a great relationship with your vendors, your customers. Everyone's loving it. But you, that, but the the group of people that come to look at your restaurant just don't. They don't vibe with your food. So then, therefore, you don't get a reward. Are you unsuccessful because of that? Does your work not have meaning because of that? You know, it's it's, it's crazy to me. I, I have this tattoo, Memento Mori. Those of you who might know, I've done an episode on stoicism and what it means to me. And basically, we only get one shot in life. And so many of you in the industry work so hard and so diligently and don't give yourself any credit at all. And a lot, a lot of you don't. You you work hard and you do amazing work, tremendous work, and you give yourself no credit. You're so hard on yourselves. And just remember that the work you do, you you have one life, and the work you do is important and impactful. And so if you go throughout your entire career and never once get awarded um, a star, never once get or told by a committee that you did something right, like that doesn't mean you're not successful. Did you did you treat people with respect? Did you put out great food? Did you? you know, ensure others had opportunities? Did you train others to be better in their careers? Did you inspire? Did you focus in on the people around you? Did you work with a team where day in and day out you went into work knowing that you put your best work forward and you were there for them and they were there for you? That's what success is. And that's where we have to start going as an industry, in my humble opinion, one man's viewpoint on where restaurants and the food industry in a whole needs to go but specifically restaurants, because this is the Line Cook Thoughts podcast, and I talk to so many of you throughout the week, that it is still crazy to hear that even after COVID, a lot of the same issues prevail. So that is my solo episode on this. Thank you all for listening, and we will be going to the outro now. So there you have my first solo episode back on video. And if you're listening on audio, that doesn't matter to you right now. Thank you all for listening to the show. As always, please, if you're on Apple or Spotify, please leave a review. If you are watching on YouTube or Facebook, hit like. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe. Go to linecookthoughts.com, put in your email, and hit subscribe to become a newsletter recipient. Every Monday, I send out the Prepless Items newsletter. I find it very interesting to put out every week. It's one of my favorite things to do, so go check that out. And yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Leave comments below. Leave it. Email me at longhookthoughts.outlook.com if you agree. But just one person's point of view on the way we might fail cooks by telling them what the best career path is moving forward. And, you know, the change that I hope to see post-COVID, I don't see for a lot of people. And so just the podcast going back out there and saying success isn't just dependent on whether or not someone gave you an award. It's on how you spent your time, the work you did, and everything else in between. So thank you all so much for listening to the show, and I will see you on the next Line Cook Thoughts podcast. Thank you.